0: Good morning, good morning, good morning. I want to say to you, this is Crossroads. Welcome to our podcast, Crossroads, where our symbols are the interstate markings of Interstate 40 and Interstate 55, where North and South meets East and West. We're coming together is the epicenter and the center point. It is the crossroads. It is where we discuss contemporary topics of interest with leading men and women in business and industry, education and religion, politics and government, community development, public safety, all health and wellness issues, and those that are of major concern to us as individuals, as groups, as a nation, and even as a world. Today, thank you, Dr. Bruce Smith, our producer, the man that I call the Bishop of Broadcasting, Dr. Bruce A. Smith and the BVS Gospel Net Enterprises and family. We thank you for continuing our topic of using God's medicine for abundant living. Last week, we explored the fact, and we have been exploring the fact that we are using God's word not as stumbling blocks, but as stepping stones because God's word is medicine. And he said, let there be. And everything that we see now, that we can visualize and put our hands and eyes on, is because he said, let there be. And we know his word is medicine that comes in the form of plants and trees and roots and stems and bark from the flowers, from the seeds and from the fruit. All of nature has health benefits, even our air, which helps us. And polluted air contaminates our bodies. The water, when it is clear and clean, rejuvenates us. The earth produces for us, and the sun provides us with vitamin D. As well as sunlight. So, all of nature is essential for our health, our wellness, and our well being. And we have been discussing um, one aspect that we have looked at has been the use of essential oils uh, to help us and our bodies to become better in every aspect of life. When we use God's medicine for the abundant life, then we are doing that which he has mandated and has given us sanction to use. It's a way to take charge of our own health. We can learn about national or natural solutions and remedies to everyday problems. We'll never be disappointed with God's medicine. And I want to tell you uh, that the ancients, they can run to the drugstore with a prescription. They can go to their physician and he write out a prescription and say, go fill it. They had to rely on God's medicine for their abundant living. And the question is, why not me? Why not you? Why not us? Why not everybody? And so today we're going to look at a topic That is crucial to all of us, and that is food. That is food. Are we living to eat, or are we eating to live? And I know that between Thanksgiving and New Year, we've had our share of foods, and then when we throw in the holidays, like Easter, like the 4th of July and Labor Day, it gives us an ample opportunity to whet our appetites and, as some people used to say, to pig out. But we have discovered Uh, that our bodies cannot take everything that we put in it. And there are adverse reactions. And so what I would like to do, I would like to refresh your minds back to what we talked about on last week. If you recall, we talked about colon cancer hotspot. That there was a 94 county area stretching from southern Illinois all the way into Louisiana. 95 counties that comprises what we call a Delta region 94 counties and according to this survey that was done or the or, or the uh, research that was done that was published in 2015 is that? we went from being a region 40% below the national average in colon cancer cases to over 40% of the national average for colon cancer, from 40 to over 40, and 80% Turnaround and is stated. How could that happen? How is it possible that an area that had been so relatively free of incidences of colon cancer, rectal cancer, going from over forty percent below to now 40% higher than for the rest of the nation. What has happened? Perhaps somebody would like to share with me. Would you, Sophia, what do you think? Hal raising. what do you think? Why is it that so many started contracting colon cancer and rectal cancer within a very short time, 45 years ago? a death rate below that of the rest of the nation. But 45 years later, here we are, 45% above the national average in a region that's called the Delta. And those of you who know anything about the Delta, you know that it's soil rich in nutrients, rich in ingredients that are necessary for the growing of the various crops that are produced by the agricultural business. From the corn of Southern Illinois, to the soybeans, to the cotton, to the wheat, to the other agricultural markets of your vegetables and your fruit that are grown in the soil from the trees and plants of the Delta. How is it possible we go from 40% less for the rest of the nation to 45% higher than the rest of the nation. What is it? What would cause us to have this great degree of turnaround? What is it? I'm sure you have your suspicions And we're talking about agriculture. We are not talking about vast industrial complexes in urban areas. We are not talking about the steel plants that used to be so prevalent in the North. We're not talking about the Gary and the Annas. We're not talking about the Pittsburgh Pennsylvania's. We're not talking uh, about uh, Bessemer Steels down in Birmingham, where it used to be when I was younger. We're not talking about the giant corporations that are producing uh, mass materials. But we are talking about what's going on In the Delta, which still is 80 to 85% agricultural. So, how can a region that has been 80 to 85% agricultural producing the food being the breadbasket of the nation? And all of a sudden, its citizens are contracting higher incidence of colon and rectal cancer than ever before. I beg to ask you this question because if you're like me, you want to know what are some of the factors that have attributed to this increase in disease? Some wanna say, if you're looking at it from a sociological standpoint, people will say, oh, maybe it's because of poverty and maybe it's because of high levels of unemployment. And these have left or led to high rates of obesity, diabetes, hypertension, heart disease, and other ailments, excuse me. Some say it's because of the lower levels of insurance coverage and lower levels of health literacy. Well, I want to let you know that these may be factors, but I don't see them as being the primary causes. Number one, because of the fact that in the Delta region, this is the theology of Lee Adams now, we've always had high rates of poverty in the delta. Because farm labor and farm wages have always been low. Farmers and farm workers are some of the lowest paid members of the working class. And it's only until recently that farm workers were included in the uh, minimum wage equivalency. Many were working below minimum wage. So low wages and the rate of unemployment, especially in these areas, has always been factors. insurance coverage and levels of health literacy. Well, we could say, if that's the case, why 45 years ago when most Americans didn't have adequate insurance and we're still debating the crisis of health insurance now in 2021? wow so you're telling me that even in 2021 when health disparity is such a big issue then 45 years ago that wasn't a factor and yet people were living healthier lives without health insurance without access to uh, quality health care. So there has to be something that even out the playing field, and then something happened to exacerbate and raise the health care disparity from being under to being over. Oh, by the way, I do want to welcome you to 2021. Excuse me. Welcome to 2021. And thank you for listening to Crossroads and the same issues that we had in twenty twenty and before, we still have them in twenty twenty-one. I want to let you know that if you want to visit my website, it is my M Y my, my dot doTERRA.com slash Adams. You may visit my website at any time and learn what doTERRA has to offer in terms of health and wellness, in terms of oils, foods, and nutrition, and supplements, and all. We're not here, this is not a doTERRA website podcast. This podcast is for information only. We're not trying to be promoters from an economic standpoint. But if you go to our website and see something that will help you, then we wanna let you know that you're more than welcome. To do so and you can become a member of our organization paying a $35 membership fee which does not uh, in any way uh, any of that uh, remunerate to me it is the company's way of allowing you to purchase their products at a 25% discount and you can purchase products and recoup your $35 membership fee with your order. And so we just want to let you know that we're here, available to you through our website, and you can join us at any time. As I was saying earlier, to all of my podcast listeners, thank you as we look at this idea of are we living or eating to live and living to eat? Being in the Delta, its citizens prided themselves on being able to produce their own foods, foods that were rich in nutrients in vitamins and in minerals, foods that had health properties that were designed to help the entire body fight off diseases, viruses, inflammations, germs, and bacteria. And Lee Adams theoretically is saying that in spite of the citizens not having adequate health care and insurance coverage, in spite of not having access to medical attention through clinics and through doctor's visits and having a personal physician or family physician, that this group was healthier than the rest of the entire nation, except in the Appalachian region. And we know that the reason for that health disparity had to do with a lot of the mining that was going on the mining uh, byproducts going into the air, as well as getting into the water systems, causing the people who were using the water to drink polluted water and breathe polluted air, causing adverse health conditions. But other than that, the disparity because of the minings and the industrialization that was going on, that region experienced also increases. But we who are in the Delta area, where we are blessed to have clean water through the lakes and the streams, the rivers, and where we have access to cities that use good waste water treatment methods to minimize the pollutants getting into the air and to the water. It has helped. But something has gone on. And I want to believe And I don't have any data. And we're looking at it, especially from a standpoint of what others have said may have been contributing factors But one of the things that we need to take into consideration is the intake of our food supply, our food chain. There is a statement that has been made that we are what we eat. We are what we eat. And the question is, what are we eating? What are you eating? Thank you, Dr. Bruce. Our producer is having some troubles on his end, but we're going to continue. I usually rely on him to help me. And so I need to rely on you. If you have a question, you can inbox your question to me I want to believe that if you will do that that you will help me to produce this podcast on this morning living to eat or eating to live first of all I want to let you know that there are some foods that are high and vitamin C, good for our bodies, our bones, our natural health. And I just believe that the proliferation of chemicals, the production of toxic chemicals into the soil, where our plants have been produced, have been raised, have been planted, have been harvested, have been a major cause in the increase of health problems of the citizens in America, and especially in the 94-county area of this study. There was a time when chemicals were not so naturally produced, or should I say, they were unnaturally produced. We used the natural methods. Farming was big business. If you were a cotton farmer, you hired people to go and move, re- remove and eradicate the weeds from around the cotton plants and to keep them free of those weeds that would choke the plants out, take up some of the water, and drain the crops. And people were employed. They were cotton choppers. And they were used extensively throughout the Delta region as farm workers, farm aides. And then the companies got involved and said, we're going to produce some chemicals that you can use and they'll kill the weeds. We'll call them pesticides, insecticides, that which will kill the insect, kill the weeds. Well, anything that's a side is a killer. If something will kill An insect, how is it not possible that ingredients in there will not be toxic to our human bodies? Insecticides and pesticides being introduced into our crops. And they say, wash your vegetables, wash your fruits real good peel away on the outside when you and I know that the peels contain some of the most highly concentrated portions of the nutrients that we need. So when we peel them away and when we wash things away, we're taking away the greater part of what we need to replenish our bodies for good health. And I want to believe that the introduction of chemicals into our soils has had an adverse effect on the health of our people. And we can talk about the lack of health care. And we can talk about the lack of insurance access to doctors and medicines all we want to but people had what we would call now poor diets but they were living healthier and they blame it on foods that are high in fat and choleric content. Well, where did it come from? Who introduced these foods? When we start refining and remaking, when we start doing those things to add to the foods, to make them last longer, we call them preservatives. So I'm saying to you on today that we have had many companies that have contributed to the decline of our health while making money and falsely claiming that they are helping us at the same time. How many of you remember when we could eat dried fruit, dried apples, dried peaches, dried plums, different fruit that had been dried out, and they were kept? How many of you remember the old time process that our mothers and grandmothers and grandparents and others used. It was called canning. Canning was a way of naturally preserving our foods, stored for future use. And they took that method that they call canning, and they started putting them in cans and adding their own preservatives. And if you'll notice, most of the canned goods that we have now, they are high in one thing, and that's sodium. High salt content. Whereas they would harvest their green beans. One of the things that everybody wanted when electricity came in was a freezer so that they could take their vegetables, put them in containers, and freeze them for future use, and then at a later time, bring them out, thaw them out, cook them, and they would still have the high quality, still maintain their taste, and would be as if it had been taken off the stock. But now we are what we eat, because very seldom do we go to the farmer's markets like we used to, or have a plot of land in the back of our homes like we used to, a stalk of tomatoes, a stalk of peas and beans, okra, cabbage, leafy greens. We don't have that now. Everybody, when I was growing up, in their backyard, all families had a little plot and they prided themselves on just being able to go out and pick some tomatoes, cut some okra, and do some other harvesting, even pulling off an ear of corn. Oh, yes, we have changed, we have changed. But I want to bring to you today, and we're going to continue to discuss this issue of health care disparities. And we have been led to believe that all of this is because of poverty. Well, we who are in the Black community We know that if you just look at the fact that even with the institution of slavery and as far as poverty is concerned, who could be more poverty-stricken than slaves? But yet, even living on land, especially in agricultural areas, that comprises the southern states. There was still a higher level. And this is just off the top of my head. I don't have any empirical data to present, and some would say prove it. But they lived off the land. They didn't have land and Roundup and all of the other chemicals that we're using today to put on the crops. They tended to the crops themselves, and they were able to grow the food right from the land, from the ground. They had smokehouses. They weren't injecting the meats with all kinds of stuff that being put in in injectors they knew how to flavor the meat they knew how to preserve the vegetables they knew what was necessary to continue to keep their food supply healthy. And that's why one of the reasons why it is said that 45 years ago that the region was over 40% healthier than the rest of the nation. There had not been the introduction of all of these chemicals into the food chain and food supply. And now we have become what we eat. What are we eating? And why are we eating it? It's all one big chain. It's all one big circle. Healthy people live longer lives Longer lives means less health problems that have been detected. And now we see it even into the children and into the babies who come born into this world with conditions passed on from the parents. Childhood obesity is a big problem. My biggest problem when I was growing up was childhood obesity, I guarantee you. It was trying to eat enough, not eating too much. And there weren't a lot of different foods that we could say attributed to obesity because there weren't a lot of what we would call fat children, out of weight children. We may have been underweight, but we certainly wasn't overweight. And most of us grew up in homes whose parents had been fruit and vegetable consumers. Oh, some of them we didn't like. We didn't like the squash maybe or the beets because we hadn't acquired a taste for them, but they knew the benefits of them. And so we acquired the taste for the beans and the peas and the different types of greens, the turnips, the collards, the kale, the cabbage, the broccoli, the potatoes. And so we also grew up a lot healthier with less health problems. And so what I want to do today with the time that we have available is to just avail ourselves at looking at what are some of the fruits and vegetables that we can consume that will help us. Our veggies, leafy greens, If you can go to the store, and buy leafy greens, and consume them, whether you cook them, or whether you cut them up as a salad, be more mindful of using leafy greens. Because they contain the most vitamins and minerals, such as potassium as vitamin K, and those antioxidants that will fight diseases. By the red cabbage, they're good for your digestive tract. They are part of the family of vegetables known as disease fighters. Carrots, they're high, super high, and beta-carotene, great for your eyes. We do have vision problems here in America. Children come in into birth with a high rate of vision problems and need correction for their eyes at a ver- very early age. Carrots are good. Cut them up. Put them in that salad. Eat them raw. And these veggie plates that you get, eat them. Don't go to somebody's house because you're going to a, uh, a a social and they have made or have bought these veggie platters and they just sit there because you're waiting on the main course of the meat, the bread, the potatoes, and the other veggies. Take advantage of these veggie plates. Buy yourself some when you go to the stores. Get your red bell peppers, your green bell peppers. They are rich in vitamin C. Eat them. And oh, last week, I was asked about oils, the oils for gout. And I mentioned the lemon oil. And I forgot to mention the fact that if you want to have a good cleansing veggie, then I recommend that you would take advantage of vegetables that are good for the cleansing. Celery is a great vegetable. Celery is good. It is great. It helps to break down the uh, word I'm looking for. Toxins in your body. It's a good cleanser. The acids. And that gout is called by the buildup of acid in the body. Forms into crystals. And celery is a good, it's a great vegetable. Chew on it. Mix it in your salads and eat it. Or if you have a juicer, juice it and drink it. I just wanted to bring that back to you. Make sure you're eating plenty of fruit to go along with your vegetables. We want to give the children fruit, but we don't want to eat them. I love fruit. I make a smoothie, and I include blueberries. They are the highest in antioxidants. They will help fight cancer and disease. And they're great for anti-aging. Eat your blueberries. I love blueberries. Eat your raspberries. They are high in fiber and have antimicrobial and cancer-fighting properties strawberries they are nutrient dense they have high levels of antioxidants and phytonutrients apples it's not just a saying an apple a day keep the doctor away an apple is great great for your digestive system great for your intestines And it helps to improve your bone density. So as you grow older, don't pass over the apples. Eat those apples. Don't just give them to your children. Eat them yourself. And then on last week, I talked about the use of oils, And one of them was lemon. Oil. Lemon is, is a great oil. And lemons are great. They can cause your body to be alkaline. Fight off these microbials and viruses. Use the lemon peel. Peel that lemon. Use the lemon peel and a tea, along with the lemon from the pulp. It helps you, helps clear your throat, helps keep you regulated throughout your body. I hope I'm saying something this morning that will help you to eat to live and not just live to eat. Are you including in your regimen of eating beans? Beans? Kidney beans? We don't cook kidney beans like we used to. We don't use them like we used to. we we'll include them in your regimen of food. They're a good source of fiber. They prevent blood sugar levels from rising too rapidly after a meal. They're perfect, they're great for diabetes. And if you are a diabetic, you should be eating kidney beans. And if you know somebody who's a diabetic, you ought to be telling them to eat kidney beans. A lot of the other beans that we don't talk about, the black beans. Yeah, black is back, and black don't crack. Rich in antioxidants, with a wide variety of uses, it's a great fiber source. Have you ever gone to the store? and seen the 15 bean mix every now and then make you a soup with the 15 bean mix, or the 10 bean mix, or the 7 bean mix. Or if you don't have that, just one bean mix is good. The garbanzo beans, they're a great source of folic acid and fiber Manganese and minerals such as iron and copper and zinc and magnesium. All of these that are designed to help to improve and to maintain your good health. And that's what we're talking about. Maintaining good health. Using God's medicine for the abundant life. This is God's medicine. He gave it to us from the beginning and in the beginning. Have you heard of lentils? Go to the Bible. Look up lentils. They're very nutritious. They're nutrient-dense. They're a source of vitamin C. They have been shown to to reduce the risk of heart disease. Beans, adzuki beans, A-D-Z-U-K-I, a great source of magnesium, potassium, iron, copper, and vitamin B, helps reduce blood pressure. We're talking about high blood pressure all the time. Ooh, I got to watch my pressure. You want to watch it? The best way you want to watch your pressure is use some beans, eat beans, cook beans, consume beans, and drink the bean broth. You want to be healthy? Stop running away and running to all of the meats. You can't have a uh, a meal without some meat on the menu. But every now and then, get you, make you a good soup, and then have a salad on the side and good healthy bread. Got time when I eat, I don't even have bread. My wife has made a great soup and I had soup I've had salad, soup and salad and it's had all of these different types of beans and veggies are in there, nutrient rich and then I've got my fresh salad, salad on the side I tell you eat to live and not live to eat And so I just want to go with a few minutes left. Since it's holiday time, we love to buy fruit and we love to buy uh, nuts. I will tell you some of the great ones, and you probably already know. Almonds. Are you buying almonds? Those of you who are getting ready to get your Supplement your stimulus. Spend more time in the grocery store and at the farmer's market, at the food store, than going buying wigs and weave and fingernail polish. Going and buying big screen TVs. You can either look at TV at home or you can look at TV in the hospital. Why are you going to trade in a a 45-inch and now you want a 60 or 72-inch? Maybe you need to eat better so your vision is better. And so when we eat foods like almonds, they are anti-inflammatory. They have a high protein source. And when used in moderation, helps with your weight loss. I'm talking about almonds. Pecans. Some call them pecans, some call them pecans. They are a source of oleic acid, which aids in preventing breast cancer. Women and men eat more pecans. It helps lower your blood cholesterol and is high in antioxidants. Eat cashews. They're an energizing food. They have lower risk of heart disease. They also help fight depression. And I want to tell you, you can do it. I don't have... I'm not... A, uh, we're not... a. Uh, Those who receive are recipients of the EBT. But we spend our money on almonds and pecans and cashews and the beans and the greens. Pumpkin seeds promotes overall prostate health, contains a compound naturally effective against depression as well. So if you uh, you want an antidepressant, eat you some pumpkin seeds. And then there are flax seeds. they are little small seeds. But they help lower cholesterol and blood pressure. Help reduce blood sugar levels and they are a natural laxative. They help you. They help to uh reduce your intestinals to the point they're not all so tight that's what causes constipation flax seeds are good they're great so we need our share of seeds and nuts I know I may have been going uh, on and on, but if you have a question or concern at this time, if you're on live, you may certainly uh, make yourself known at this time, if there's any caller on the line live. We want to acknowledge you, Bobby. We want to acknowledge you, Tony, to your N N I E. Thank you, producer. If you're on the podcast, you're certainly welcome to have come in at this time. And I want to apologize. I sometimes get uh, caught up in my subject matter. And I get too excited. So I thank you so very much. This has been a great experience for me today. I want to thank you for tuning in to our podcast, Crossroads, where North and South meets East and West. We're coming together at the epicenter and the center point. It is the Crossroads. Thank you so very much. We will continue this topic on next week where we're using God's medicine for the abundant life. And this segment has been entitled Living to Eat or Eating to Live. Living to eat or eating to live or whatever you are, what you eat. On behalf of the BVS Gospel Net, Dr. Bruce Smith, and all of our Crossroads partners, we want to say thank you and enjoy the rest of this day, January 2nd, A.D. 2021, the first Saturday of the month of a very new year. Thank you so very much. Be blessed to be a blessing to someone else.